Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to something completely new and different to a lot of you, I would hope. Today I'm joined by two very close friends of mine in which today we're going to be talking none other than the mainstream genre that is reggaeton in English. I'm very excited, I'm very happy, uh, it's something I've been wanting to talk about for a long time now because I feel like there's people out there that would want this kind of content uh, and I feel like there's these kind of discussions going on, especially uh, in the day-to-day -day basis. Uh, so before I go any further, let me introduce today's co-host, uh, none other than from Dallas, Texas, my good friend, Miss Karina Torres. Kari, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Ivan? I'm, I'm good. I'm trying to keep myself sane, trying to keep myself away from the fridge. Um, not, not, not working no so far. Yeah, we're out of gancitos, and I'm, I'm the one to blame. Um, but uh, yeah, excited to be here. Happy to be here. Uh, happy to have you on. I know this is a genre we talk about off the mic a lot as well. So it's, it's, it's something near and dear to us. So very ha happy and very excited to, to be able to finally go ahead with this project. Definitely. I think, like you said, we've always talked, you know, off the mic, we're always sending each other songs and kind of, you know, I remember one time we went back through a, a, through a throwback playlist of songs. We're like, remember this, remember that. So it's something that we always, you know, talk about all the time. So might as well just talk about it on here, right? Yeah. Why not record our conversations? And to help us out is another good friend of ours, a friend that we've met through the soccer world, but have found out that he is an avid reggaeton lover, just as uh, as well as us, none other than Mr. Ivan. Ivan, it's like I'm talking to myself at this one. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right, man. Just, you know, quarantine day, question mark. So here we are. Um, I think uh, I said earlier... I think we're at the end of week three, but um, somewhere around there. Yeah, just you know, staying. Who's staying. counting, right? Yeah, at this point, what's the point in counting? Um, but here we are, and uh, excited to talk music with you guys. Yeah, music. It, it's um, obviously one of the biggest things that puts brings people together is the world of sports. But I think uh, the world of music just does that as well, and sometimes even coexist with the world of sports. So um, it's gonna be a great topic to talk about. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there who are avid reggaeton listeners, and uh, you know might uh, you know might, might might like the discussions, might like the topics that we have at hand. And uh, like I mentioned, very excited to be here with the both of you, and uh, let's talk some reggaeton. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for the first episode, for our pilot episode, we thought we'd take it back to the old school days. we take it back to not necessarily the beginnings, but more the uprising and the upbringing of this genre, this culture into the mainstream media that is today. So before the Bad Bunnies, before the J Balbins, before the Osunas, we're going and we're talking about the people who kind of grinded their way through and kind of had to put I had to get through all these walls and barriers uh, in order to put this music onto the stage that it is today. Let's talk about these guys' work. And, and basically what we've done here is we've done a, a bracket, kind of a round of 16, if you will. It's an elimination round. We've randomly, randomly done these kind of uh, matches. So it, it's not like we picked them on purpose. No, they've been randomly made. Um, and... And these hand-picked artists, we're going to go and talk about each one of them, what they had contributed, and whoever has done 
more or has had the better career will advance into the next round to see who is the king of reggaeton which a lot of people might already have a favorite ivan how excited about this man i think uh, when we were putting the names together we mentioned the cold matchups and that i mean that already sounds exciting um I don't know. The bracket is supposed to be like the most brutal, like way of eliminating anything, right? So I think uh, applying it to music is gonna be exciting, and uh, yeah, man, let's just do it. I think uh, we're gonna have some hurt feelings though, because you know, you, music is interesting because it, it takes you back to a certain place, or uh, you know, you connect with a certain era of your life, even you know, yeah. when um, certain songs remind you that. So certain artists maybe bring that or cause that as well. So it might be tough. It will definitely be tough. I know once we get to the latter stages of this. Uh, Kari, it, it's definitely not going to be easy to pick out right away. Um, but how uh, how confident are you that uh, that we know what we're talking about? All I'm saying is friendships will be broken because we're going <laughs> to probably pick sides or be like, no, but remember this song. Um, so obviously, obviously, we're not like experts, right? We're, we've always been avid listeners from years, years ago. Um, I remember, you know, in middle school when I think I was in sixth grade, I started listening to reggaeton. And people were like, "Why? What are you listening to?" Like everybody was listening to Lil Wayne, like you know, all the hip hop and rap. And obviously, I did listen to that, but it was just pure reggaeton to me. So, you know, I would say I'm a very avid listener throughout the years, and now it's so mainstream. People think that they know what they're talking about, they but they don't know the era where you know, or kind of like how it was back then like us that we definitely did listen to it at those times so i think it's be interesting uh we're definitely gonna have our favorites but i think we're gonna try and you know put all the facts and see what artist gets through the next round right definitely definitely and this is a perfect segue into what i was trying to ask Gary, you gave us a little bit of your background into this genre ivan uh give us a little bit of a background into into how you came across this uh obviously we, we, we all come from uh a mexican uh household in which you know that's not that's not the music that we grew up uh from our parents right so it's it's we had to come across it we had to come find it um and uh and i'm just curious how did how did you come across it you know, I uh, where the first like sound wave hit me, I don't exactly remember, but I do know that it quickly kind of like took over my life. Um, you know, like, it just it, 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 kind of like Kylie said, it kind of quickly went from like the hip hop, the Lil Wayne, the Fifty Cent, the Kanye, everything in that era, to like the Daddy Yankee, the Tego, the Don Omar, like kind of like the guys that were just kind of paving the way at the moment. Obviously, even before then, there was guys that came before them. Uh, musically, I've always been the guy that likes to go back and kind of do my homework. You know, I always want to see, like, what inspired who or, you know, who was around before then. Um, musically, that's always just been something I've been into. So even before those guys, you know, you had, like, you know, the, the cliche, everyone says, hey, and I was, like, the founder or whatever because, <laughs> you know, his hits or whatever. So, yeah, man, as, as far as when and how I started listening to it, I really don't remember specifically how, like, who said, hey, listen to this track or whatever. But I know that it just, I quickly became really almost obsessed with this different, like, wave of music and its culture and just everything and anything had to do with it. You know, like, it's Spanish. It's, like, not familiar to us, but it is familiar to us because we listen to, we have years, like you said, Kari, listening to this, like, you know, form of music. And it's um almost like a, it's, it's a lingo that's far removed, but yet so familiar to us, even though our backgrounds are different to theirs. And I think that's, kind of like you were saying earlier, Ivan, the beauty that music music has and how it brings it together. 
yeah, it, it is. It's the beauty of it all and, and how we've come to find it. For me, the first song that actually got me into the genre is probably one of the most cliche uh, uh, or, or origin story, but it was uh, Daddy Yankee's Gasolina. Mm. Yeah. Obviously, that, that song broke the threshold for the genre because it did so well, because it was so well adapted. It was, it was liked by so many that it put reggaeton on the map in a way that other songs hadn't just yet. And I remember that uh, my mom, before we went to school, she'd always have the six o'clock morning news, and uh, they 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 had a, a, a short segment on that on that song, the Daddy Yankee song, the Gasolina. Um, and as I was getting ready, I was with my mom, and I was watching this, and and you know they play a little bit of the music video, and and obviously you know it's it's, it's very provocative at that young age, right? And so my mom's kind of looking at me, and she's kind of she doesn't say it in this way, but I I always put it in this way because I feel like it's the funniest way to put it. But in the sense, she kind of told me she's like, yeah, that's the devil's music in a sense, cause. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it was it, it's it, because it's still to, maybe not as much today but it was looked it was frowned upon it was very frowned upon mm-hmm. um here in the states in mexico um even in puerto rico and maybe we'll talk about that in another uh another podcast the barriers it had to jump in its own kind of origin countries it uh it, it's it's sounding really but uh, yeah, that's just a little bit of a background for you guys, so you guys know that we've been listening to this since quite some time already. So we we, we hope that we know what we're we're talking about. But at the end of the day, you know, it is kind of what it is. Uh, so yeah, let's get let's get right into this because I think it's gonna be a great discussion. Let's go and let's talk pot A, in which we have four very good matchups. We're gonna go one by one and eliminate one of these, and then we'll move on to pot B and see who advances from that round. But here we go. First matchup. I think this is one that we said, wow, right away. Don Omar versus Arcángel. Very, Man. very right. tough one. So, who gets eliminated and who should advance? Gary, I'm throwing it to you first. Who do you think out of these guys has paved the way more for this genre and has done more? for the music industry to put it on the level that it is today? That's hard. Obviously, you know, I kind of want to say Don Omar just because, you know, I've heard different sides of Don Omar. Always we have like, you know, kind of like the bachata side and kind of more like the pop, like Virtual Diva. And then, you know, and then it came to a point, Sariel Sol, Danza Cuduro was very popular, obviously, you know, especially when it came to Zumba and all that stuff, they've, you know, replayed that over and over again. Um, so that's definitely an artist that I've respected. And obviously it came to a point where he kind of like died off a bit. And now I think I saw a couple months ago, he's like planning like this huge, like comeback album. He's been like, you know, working, I think in like in a metaphor, like in the jungle, like he is gonna, <laughs> you know, come back with like this major album, which I'm very excited about. Um, because he had a song recently with Almanasi, and I really enjoyed that one. But I don't know. I mean, Arcángel has always been around. You know, I mean, you know, Almanasiaga is always, you know, a great song, and he's kind of always kind of just been there, you know. Sola with the laghetto, and then you have Contigo Quiero Amores, and then, you know, now Sigues Con Él. So it's kind of like he's always been there. Um, you're putting me in a tough spot. If you're, if you're telling me, like, who... I don't know. Ivan, what do you think? 
I'm gonna be uh, less of a tossy toss up, and I'm gonna be very blunt. Okay, with this one. go for it. And I'm gonna just say Austin, baby, oh, because okay, okay, <laughs> because I think that uh, when you think about Don Omar, I I I feel like Don Omar, the name Don Omar, is captivated like in like last decade. You think about Arcangel, and he's like, not only did he pave the way, was he like in the trenches with like the OGs, um, but I feel like he was a part of the second wave without like the duels, or whatever. And then he's still going now, which I would consider like the third wave of reggaeton, yeah. if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only is he there, but he's making hits, he's making bangers, he's opening doors for the younger guys, the newer, the new school. Um, so I'm gonna just give it to that guy. Unfortunately, uh, Don Omar, it was a uh, nice. Knowing you, uh, <laughs> my book, but I think that, um, yeah, I think I did, I, as much as uh, kind of like I said, it's a little difficult, but I think when you think about longevity, which I think is the most important thing in the music business, um, I think that Arcángel takes it for sure. Um, Don Omar, I think, um, I don't know, he just he was uh, he was very versatile, like she said, mm-hmm. and I feel like that was uh, could have been promising, but I don't know, you know, there's a lot of things we don't know that happen behind the scenes, you know, like labels, personal lives, etc. I don't know what happened to that guy. I think that, um, I mean, if he does make a resurgence, don't get me wrong. I'm listening, like, when that comes out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if I have to pick, I'm going on here, hands down. Interesting. Right away. Um, Gary, maybe I'll throw a little bit more in to see maybe if you get it, give me a deciding factor. And then if there's a tie, I'll be the mediator here. Um, so, obviously, <laughs> two two artists that uh had their kind of resurgence with Pina records right mm-hmm. in a time in yeah. which Arcángel fell off and in the time where Don Omar had fell off it was Pina who kind of brought them both back into the game and said okay I'm giving you this platform here's some here's something to work on and they produced and they and and they started moving the motions i will say this though i feel like Arcángel made more of it with his opportunity at Peanut Records than Don Omar did. I think Don Omar mm-hmm. was, I, I would imagine, is grateful for the opportunity to work with Pina and, and everything that he did. But, like, again, it, he fell off afterwards that, again, it was it, it's a quiet, you know, it's been a long gap year <laughs> for, for mm-hmm. Don Omar. Um, but, again, you can't take, you can't take away from the guy as well because he he he, he did so much in, in the upcomings of reggaeton, right? And so much in kind of transcending it to even be in movies, right? So we're, we're talking about a guy a guy who was in is is probably still considered to be in the franchise of a movie. Talk about the Fast and Furious movies, um, which I, I think did wonders for for the for the genre as well. And Don Omar was 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 the person that kind of got him through because let's remember, uh, Vin Diesel is a huge fan of Don Omar, right? And so he wanted he wanted Don Omar to be part of the film. He wanted Don Omar's music to be part of the films. Um, so you know that 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 kind of you know was important as well. So Gadi, now that you have all this information, kind of some of the 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 arguments that Ivan made, what's where you find where are you putting your boat? Don Omar's hat or Arcángel's hat? This is tense, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to go Arcángel. I'm going to go Arcángel. Arcángel wins yeah. it and Arcángel I mean, takes it. Yes. I mean, you know, like I've said and Ivan said, he's always been there. He's always coming out with music. I always enjoy it. Like, you know, like I've said, he's been there since then up till now. Like, that's, 
that's a very long time and he's still making an impact and making bangers so do Austin Baby. Austin Baby makes it into the next round. Obviously, though, it's not to take anything away from Don Omar. Has been tremendously uh, amazing artist and continues to be that amazing artist. And has done so much for this genre. It's just interesting to kind of see where the, you know, where, where the votes kind of landed. But Ancajel moves on into the next round. And let's see who his, uh, who his opponent's going to be. Because the next matchup is Tony Dice versus Daddy Yankee. Oh man! Wow, I feel okay. like uh, I feel like whoever goes up against Daddy Yankee needs to have a really good, compelling argument because uh, we're talking about probably the actual king of reggaeton in this sense. Um, Tony Dice obviously uh, in the news lately because of his uh, latest scandal with Yandel uh, uh, in regards to his upbringing and uh, everything going on with that. But Tony Dice has always been a character that has kind of had his comes and goes just like Don Omar. Um, I'm curious to hear what your guys' argument is for Tony Dice uh, to even have a chance to compete against Daddy Yankee um, and, and and then to see where you guys' vote land. Uh, Ivan, I'm throwing it to you first. Um, yeah, I think this is like an unfair matchup. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was, it was uh, the randomizer. It wasn't us. <laughs> I don't know, man. That sounds rigged to me. I think you're uh, out to get Tony Dice. Um... I don't know. I think, uh, again, going back to looking back at, you know, when I started listening to reggaeton, Tony Dice was really, like, you know, hitting at the time. I mean, he was ahead of, like, El Doctorado. Yeah, I think it was, like, 20, 2008 or 2009, around there. And uh, just kind of felt like everything that he put out in that in that time frame, in that time span, it was, like, just um, maybe not a banger, per se, as, as we call tracks now, but it was just... Um, it was good, and it, and it, you know, and it really caught you, and it was it was it had its um flow, you know, but it also had uh, its emotions, uh, you know, kind of like a, I don't know, kind of like how currently how Setch is doing, for example, currently, you know, a little, a little you know, a little flow, a little groovy, but also you know, really emotional, and I think that those are the tracks that really connect with you the most, um, when you're when an artist is coming up or not I mean coming up, but you know, just when you're when you're listening to music and you're you're getting to know an artist, and. So yeah, I mean, I, it's kind of like how I said before we went started. I think that guy has like a special place in my heart for that reason. But um, to go against Dy, man, I think that's um, that's just unparalleled for that guy. And uh, I, I mean, if yeah, we have to eliminate, so I'm gonna have to go Dy. And it's like, do we even have to explain why? You know, it's just. Such <laughs> I think a... we'll start explaining <laughs> once we start matching him up against some of the bigger names in here as well. So I think there's a couple of big right. names that could give Dy a run for his money. Um, yeah, I, I think you put it perfectly. Um, it uh, Tony Dice is definitely a person who had his his moments in that time period, uh, which I believe he was with Wisin uh, and uh, Yandel at the time. Uh, he was under there. Um, you know, he came out with El Doctorado. He came out with uh, Quizás and then the remix with Ken Y, right? Uh, Permíteme. Right. Uh, so it was just these kind of these songs and, and, and the kid had talent at the, and he still does at this moment, you know, obviously not a kid anymore, but at the time being, yeah, there was a reason why Yandel said, let's pick him up. There's a reason why Yandel put put his name out there, uh, to put this guy on a platform and it showed, it, it definitely showed funny enough. Another one of those kind of artists that once things fell off with his first label, um, Pina, uh, also brought him under his wing. It's like Peanut Record just just goes and gets anyone who's fallen off, huh? 
for sure. It's funny because at one point they fell off too, right? Yeah. Did they not? They did. They did. It's an interesting thing to talk about right now. But uh, Gadi, where is your vote on this? Um, I think you know, like I've been said, it's a very uneven matchup. Um, obviously, Dy, I. I remember Tony Dice, like you guys said, El Doctorado. Permítame has always been one of my biggest jams, just with Yande. Like, it's every time I put it on, it's like, you know, I turn it up and it's just like, you know, every single lyric. Um, obviously, Dore el Amor, really good. He had some of like kind of mellow reggaeton, which I really enjoyed. Um, and there's another song, I just can't remember what it's called. But yeah, I wrote it Rusa, but there's another one I can't remember. But. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy Tony Dice, and it kind of sucks that he kind of, you know. Yeah, he has to come up against did Daddy Yankee. Die off a little bit. So yeah, so I'm gonna go Dy. Yeah, Daddy Yankee, obviously the favorite coming into that one. It's like uh, it's like putting Bayern Munich against uh, Sheffield Wednesday. It's it's just you know where that <laughs> one was gonna go. Um, <laughs> still though, merits to Tony Dice and what he's done and what he continues to do. He um, obviously. Is, uh, we won't get too much into it because I think this would be better for discussion for another podcast. But uh, obviously, uh, was thrown a bit of shade by Yandel, saying that he was a very irres- irresponsible kid. That uh, they they did a lot for him. They got him a house. They got him a job. They got him, uh, you know, cars and everything. And and they put a lot of money invested in him. And he just didn't perform for them. Like he he was very irresponsible. And then Tony Dice comes out and says, you know what, like that's not true you know that you guys never paid me that i i would hustle and this and that so um obviously there's the like in any music industry there's there's always going to be beef there's always going to be kind of you know these kind of entanglements with other artists but uh it's it's definitely definitely interesting to see tony dice back in the mix uh throwing a couple of new musics here and there so you know unfortunately though he is eliminated and dy takes it to the next round Alrighty. Let's move on into this third one. This third one's a bit interesting. It's uh, Crisi Angel versus El Patron himself, Tito El Bambino. Cari, mm. wh- where do you fall on this? Um, I think I'm going to go with Tito El Bambino. Um, I think, you know, Mi Cama Ti, I loved it. He had a lot of, like, really... Um, versatile songs and i really enjoyed always the bambino um christian angel good as well i mean now that now is my favorite i think i even had a choreographer for that song because it was so good um but i am gonna go with the bambino interesting ivan do you concur or, or would you give it to christian you know uh not too long ago tito bambino was featured on track with pitbull and el alfa um, imaginate. And when I heard that track, it took me back to why Kyle Hakai saying uh, Tito Barbino to me was so good. Um, I feel like he was um, he was a really good artist that could just feature on anything. You know, you put him on anything, and I feel like he, if if it wasn't his type of track, he adapted. Um, Chris and Angel, I think uh, they were one of those duos that were really good at just kind of doing what they did, but they weren't too versatile in my book. Yeah. Um, and I think that for that reason, I'm going to go with Tito Bambino. And I concur. I, I, I think the longevity of Tito Bambino's career too shows it. Cristian Angel have tried to make a comeback in a sense. 
but like you said, they haven't adapted. They haven't adapted to that third wave and they haven't adapted to this upcoming fourth wave that we're kind of transcending into this kind of new era of trap with reggaeton. So it's it's unfortunate, but they will always be remembered for their hits because I think they had a pretty good period in time in which their songs were played on the radio. Their songs were kind of like, hey, you can get jiggy with this, right? So they'll they'll have that moment in time, but I think Tito Bambino has um has a track record to show as to why they, he should move on into the next round. So, with that said, final match of this group, of this pot, excuse me, of the bracket, it's none other than Delaghetto della Gizzi versus the iconic, not the most iconic duo, but one of the most more iconic duos in reggaeton, Dylan Eleni. Now, two artists against one would seem a bit unfair but i don't know Cari. i feel like uh i feel like the laghetto kind of uh can can take this one. Oh yeah for sure the laghetto is another artist that's always been there especially when he features he's always like a pretty good feature to me um <laughs> uh, in a song um and Dana and Lenny, i had a couple songs from them caliente and obviously you know they ended up splitting up and now you know Lenny's doing his own thing um, but I really enjoy the Laghetto he's always been a, a good artist especially the featuring him and Arcangel has had a couple stuff um, but yeah I'm gonna go I'm gonna go the Laghetto interesting interesting Ivan who are we gonna go with here are we going with the with the artist that has made his career out of featuring in songs or are we going with the two artists that kind of made us remember why we love so much that duo Romantico and Reggaeton? Well, I think since the duo has been split up, I think by default, uh, De La Gizzi wins, no? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, no, nah, man, I think uh, um, it's funny because I have a friend who um, is always advocating, advocating for De La Ghetto. And his points to me are always, like, I can't argue against that. Um, and one... Uh, I guess kind of to um, balance my thoughts off of his, I'm going to start with the saying that the fact that he's born in the States, actually born in the Bronx, um, and has kind of like the, you know, bilingual thing going for him, I think that makes him very appealing for one. Um, and it's almost like he went uh, in a certain way backwards, right? Usually artists are born in the States and then they kind of stick to English and, you know, fall into like the, you know, hip-hop scene or whatever here. But I think that um, him kind of going... The other route, you know, choosing to go to Spanish and really follow this genre, I think was probably um, the best decision he could have made. Um, and he's a guy that I actually wouldn't consider him just a featured artist. I think that a lot of his albums are just, they, they go almost like unheard of because you have all these other names that are just leading the forefront. You know, he, he dropped an album, I think it was 18 months ago, two years ago. And I don't think anyone spoke on that at all. And it's not because it wasn't great. It's just because you had these other guys that are just kind of like carrying the beacon right now. So therefore, he's just in the shadows. Um, so I think um, I'm going to for sure go to Laghetto, and I'd be interested to see um, who he gets paired up against next round. Um, it's going to be interesting. Because, yeah, in, in my book, I think he's actually one of the uh, guys that's really kind of just been there all the way, kind of like Arcanghead. Except Arcanghead has, has more mm-hmm. hits that you can, um, you know, you think of, you know, off back, or you know the words too, or you can... You know, he's more kind of a flashy guy, whereas the Laghetto's kind of just like kind of like riding in the backseat, cruising, 
still getting his, you know, his his stuff done. But um, yeah, delegato. Delegato, delegato for Gotti. Um, no need for me to come intervene in that mediator, but I would have definitely gone with delegato as well. Um, briefly, Dylan and Lenny. Um. Now, the reason why we have them on here is because I think they've, because uh, I, I know a lot of people might ask, why them? Um, I think Gotti put it perfectly. It, it wasn't, you know, they have some some hits, but I think that there was a time and period in which Regaton was trying to make a name for itself, but also wanted to show that they had kind of a softer side. It wasn't so much of the perreo, uh, kind of this kind of, you know, hard uh, and and kind of intent uh, intense content they they wanted to show that there was a soft side they wanted to show that there was some sense of romanticism in in, in the genre and i think you look at people like dylan and lenny made a name for themselves because of that you know the the soft boys the soft melodies with with the reggaeton beat right it was it, it was that they made the genre seem a lot more wholesome than what other people would have thought it to be so i think that's why they mm-hmm. merit to be at least to be on here because i think they 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 definitely put a name out there and i i think you, you look at someone like lenny who is still in the game at the moment and you think he has a voice that not a lot of reggaeton artists have you know so i think i yeah. think it's it, it was i think it was a good shout to have him on here um i didn't expect him to get very far in the tournament but i you know th- there was still a good shout for them to be on here but uh, yeah dela gz takes it and that is part a uh your finalists for that are going to be arcangel D.Y., Tito El Bambino, and De La Jeezy. Moving on into the second part, we have the matchup of Wisin and Yandel versus Joel and Randy. Oh, man. Wow. Okay. Ivan, what is your take on it? Oof, that to me is tough, man. Uh, Joel and Randy, to me, is again, it takes me back to that, you know, sweet spot in reggaeton, like the 08, the 09. Um... But we see Yandel, you know, like they're just. I mean, I'll, I'll get back to them. But I think when it, when you hear the name we see Yandel, I think there's no need to question who they are. You know, what what are they about, and and their longevity in the in, in the game as well. With Joel and Randy, I think that the reason I'm gonna knock them is uh, because of that. I think they're a duo that maybe, and maybe we'll have to have a separate bracket just for duels. I don't know, yeah. but uh, <laughs> they're they're just like in in terms of like the popularity. Yeah content and what they deliver and the longevity um i mean they were on safaera not too long ago on this bad bunny release and i you know hearing them hearing them spit on that was like yo this is why i love these guys because when they come they bring it but how often do they come around anymore question you know so i think for that reason i'm gonna have to knock them and give it to whisney and their um they're just i mean they've both had their they're, they're kind of like you were saying, the duo split up and they break up and they come back together. They both had very successful runs as solo artists. Um, they both put out, I think they showcased why, you know, one is more melodic and one is more of the rapper. And I think that's also, just kind of real quick tangent, that's also an interesting concept that all these duos had. You had one that was more of the melody, more more, more of the flow, you yeah. know? And these guys figure these guys, these guys, they figured out the recipe, and um, but I think we see on there for sure takes over Jordan Randy, even though, again, kind of like Tony Dice, a uh, special place in my heart. Interesting, Gotti. I'm gonna have to agree. I think we see that have always been there from the start, and all their albums are just, you know, like La, La, La Revolución. I know every single song on that album, <laughs> so all their stuff is always a hit. You know what I mean? Like, 
you know, even when they made that like remix with uh, Chris Brown, I mean, that was really, really good. Business Mojados, you got all these like throwback songs, but they're still making, you know, really good music, especially with now these new artists upcoming. So, you know, we've seen on there always, always, always been there and I love them. Um, so I'm going to go with Sinander. Although Jolie Randy, it's funny because Jolie Randy did a, a loca with um, with Yandel. So I really enjoy that remix song. Um, like Ivan said, they did the Safaira with Bad Bunny, which I definitely enjoyed. They also did Bonita with J Balvin, which I also really enjoyed. Um, so they have something different than other duos, especially nowadays. And when I was talking about the Don Omar album, that he's going to come out. I th- I think primarily he's working with Johnny Randy. So I don't know if it's going to be like a whole, you know, collaboration with Johnny Randy and Don Omar. So I saw that on um, Don Omar's Instagram, which would be really, really, really interesting. Um, so Johnny Randy, really, really great artist. But I'm going to go with Wisini Andel because I love them. <laughs> nice. No, okay. I, I, I completely agree. <laughs> Yeah, I could for sure. We'll get into a little bit more about Wisin Yandel later as this bracket continues. I think there'll be more to discuss about them. Um, so yeah, let's move on into the next one. Cyan and Lennox versus Tego Calderon. Now, I personally would give this one to Tego as I feel like he's been done more because I feel like Cyan and Lennox have been riding the backseat in a sense, like like Ivan mentioned, I think Tego Calderon did did some important things in his time that really catapulted the 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 genre to be into where we are today. But I'm throwing it to you guys to see where is it that you guys fall in this Gadi Tego or the duo Cyanie Lennox. Cyanie Lennox. <laughs> I mean, they, they you know they're also an OG. Um, they've They've been streaming through. Um, I, I really enjoy, you know, like Pierre de la Cabeza, like Solo Duo, all those the remixes and, you know, just just that duo. I think they're always going to be a good mix up with any song. If you see a remix, like, oh, who is this? I'm like, all right, you have to listen to it. Um, yes, Teo Calderon did stuff, but obviously he died off. So we're talking about longevity or are we talking about like oh he did so many things but now to this point in day like where are they i just feel like because he too was one of those faces that appeared in the in the fast and furious franchise right one of those people that uh whenever he was on those tracks back then it was like oh it's dego right his name carried a weight and i think to this mm-hmm. day his name still carries a weight um uh in the industry obviously he's not doing his thing anymore but you know Ivan I'm curious to see do you think he won up signing Lennox or does signing Lennox one up him oh man I think it's a tough matchup I think that they both um again I just I mean we're talking about the OGs right so signing Lennox could arguably one of the be one of the OG duels but um Mm -hmm. I'm gonna actually go with Tego and I just I mean I pulled up his, you know, like, I'm just going to, you know, name a couple tracks. And it's just, like, banger after banger after banger. So, Pakistan Retosin, Al Natural, Metele Sazon, Guasa Guasa, Los Mate, you know, like, Punta Aparte. It just goes on and on and on. And I think that 
Tego, kind of like you said, his name just carries weight. And if we're talking about the guys that really, you know, put got us to where we are today, there would be no today without someone like Tego Calderon. Uh, you know, even even some of like the street flows that he had way back then that are now being like accredited to like trap. You know, it's kind of like all oh, these guys are more street or or more like I don't know. I think it's even the word hood because it's you know kind of like a wishy washy genre right yeah. now where the trap and the reggaeton. But I think Tego was one of those first guys to really be like, yeah, man, I'm from out here and I'm doing this. And on top of that, I got hits. So for that reason, I'm gonna go with Tego. I like it. I like it. As a mediator, I am going to go and give it to Tego. I think he he he's done a little bit more to catapult. Because I've, I've always felt that, yes, while Santa Lennox are a very good duo and, and a very OG duo, I, I think in that time in which a lot of paving was being made, I think a lot of it was done a little bit more by Tego than it was by Zion. In Lennox, because I just remember, you know, <laughs> it's funny, I, I don't know how many people Pina Records has on this freaking uh, bracket. I, this might be rigged. He might have <laughs> he might have known this was happening and got all these people together. <laughs> um, I mean, he's like, oh, geez, you know, so that's right. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I think that, like you mentioned back then, I think you have more hits of Tego Calderon than you do Zion and Lennox. So, yeah. we're going with, with Tego for that one. But it's not to say that Zion and Lennox haven't reinvented themselves, because I think they have. They definitely have reinvented themselves in this new upcoming genre and era that you see that they have the success that they have now. There's a reason why they've made songs with Rake, right? There's a reason why, you know, they're, they're being called up by these up-and-coming young artists because their name carries weight and because... Like you, like Cari said, you can feature them in any song, and you think I gotta listen to this. So, but it it was a good shout for them to be on here. Now, another one that maybe is a little bit more tipped to one side. Evie Queen versus Plan B. Cari, are you gonna give this vote to the Queen of Long Nails, or are we giving it to the Duo del Sex, Plan B? <laughs> Blambe. Blambe. I mean, they've, I feel like, honestly, this is just me. I've, I've never listened to Ivy Queen because I don't like her voice. So it's not like <laughs> something that really catches me like, oh my God, like, you know, let me listen to her. Like she had a really like deep, like rough voice and I, I never, I never liked it. Um, and Blambe, like, you know, I, I've gone to see them in, in concert and, and it's crazy that they're still going, but they have so... They have such good hits. Like, you just have to, like, dance to it. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, Snow de Contesto was a huge one. And after when they came with their, um, the next uh, album, it was just like, you know, Mi Vecinita, You Can't really Forget, Zapatito Roto. Like, all these songs. Like, song after song, when you play them back to back, like, you just want to dance the whole night. So I'm going to go Plan B, hands down. Yeah. Okay. Plan B. Ivan, where are you going with? Man, I think all the feminists are going to come after me, but I'm going plan B, man, hands down. <laughs> um, it's funny because it's funny that Cuddy mentioned uh, there as a live performance. Because, I mean, you say plan B, and the first thing that comes to my mind is when I've seen them live. And same thing. Granted, I think they've done the set, same set the last three times I saw them because they don't have no new music. <laughs> um, but, uh, man, they're just they're exciting. They're into it. They've got bangers. Um, the whole, I mean, this is a... Almost like a subgenre of reggaeton within itself, uh, you know them, and, and they're mm-hmm. just uh, 
the vulgarity behind their lyrics, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just really, it's some, uh, you know, nice stuff, if you will. Um, but yeah, Plan B for sure, hands down. Uh, Ivy Queen, not to knock her though, I think that, um, you know, she was, um, you know, the, the, the lady hanging in there with the guys, you know, ba- back in the days. She was uh, in the mm-hmm. trenches with them, you know, when, when Trigatona as a genre really kind of took off in the late 90s. She you know she was there and she and she had you know the longevity um, for that wave like we've discussed the different waves. Um, I keep you know I keep the other day I actually on Spotify I was on her music for some reason and I don't know if you guys have seen they now like suggest shows like you yeah. know like oh this person's like in your area and I saw she had a show <laughs> at some like uh, joint Anaheim and I was like what is this lady even performing man like, hey she got bringing the check somehow <laughs> old stuff. You know, like it's just like, what is she doing? Like, I don't know. Like, she's like close to fifty, probably. Which don't get me wrong, a lot of the OGs are, and and uh, you know, kudos to them. But again, I just um, kind of like Akari said, I just don't. I never really gravitated towards her, so maybe that's where my thought, my mind went. But yeah, it's just uh, Plan B over Evie Queen, hands down. Don't worry, Evie Queen. If it was me, I would give it to you. But um, no, I think stop, stop lying. I think I think I would have gave it to her because I think what she did for the female artist in reggaeton is uh, just uh, unheard of. Okay, like you for mentioned, sure. she okay. was she was there with the guys. When this is a genre, most music is basically is is a genre dominated by men, right? And you, we, we've heard the stories, we've heard the rumors that, especially in this industry, you know, it's tough for, for a girl, you know, to come out because sometimes, you know, and, and it's not to not say that the genre is like this today or, or that it is like this, but there's, you know, people that take advantage of their position. And, you know, if the girl isn't putting out, you know, and, and if the girl's not doing something to return the favor, then they don't get the chance to be in the industry like that and i'm not saying that evie queen did and i but but i'm saying that evie queen did it the right way so that other other females can come into this industry and follow in her footsteps right because now you have people like nati natasha you know you have upcoming artists like kasu um you have you know you, you know you have your i, I wouldn't put becky g in this in in this category but you you know she's given the window of opportunity because of what Evie Queen has done. Um, so I think for that, you know, factor in it, I, I, I would give it to her because I think she did do a lot for the woman in the industry. But it's not not to say that I don't think her track or her career even comes close to what Plumbe is, you know? Mm. But definitely. Unfortunately, Evie Queen, she is out. But uh, hey, we will always remember her for those amazing long nails. Definitely. <laughs> All right, last one up here, and this one's gonna be a good one. Alexis and Fido versus Rakimi Kenwai. Gotti, I'm looking at you because Rakimi Kenwai is very dear and near to your heart. But going up against Alexis and Fido, it's not an easy, easy opponent. Where do you stand on this? Uh, my heart says Rakimi Kenwai, just because there were, you know, besides like some of the other artists that I first started listening to, Rakimi Kenwai, like they just, you know, to this day, I will jam out and blast down. And I'm like, top of my lungs, down. Or igual que ayer, like, I think- uh, you know, it, it's unfortunate that they did have to split. Obviously, Kenwai did some things. 
you know, on his own, or he kind of like featured, and it's unfortunate. Obviously, yeah, you think of Alexis Fido, um, Jose Noven, they had, you know, a couple of other songs. I, I know, I know, Rahim Kiwai is not, you know, nowadays, but I think they really impacted just part of my beginnings of listening to reggaeton so i always carry him in a special place in my heart so i'm gonna go to Kim Kim i think gary makes a good point i think down was one of those songs that really transcended and a lot of people looked at this as okay what is this reggaeton you know because this is reggaeton romantico like we mentioned with Dylan and lenny it was that these guys were known yeah. as you know the duo romantico the rakim and Kawai, the people you had to listen to when you were uh, heartbroken when, when you were in love you, it was it was these guys you, these guys were the ones you could go to because you couldn't go to a Tego Calderon song and be like let me cry my heart out to to shorty who just broke my heart right <laughs> so yeah I feel like Kanye makes a good point in that sense but I'm curious to see where you where you fall on this Ivan is Alexis and Fido have a little bit more on Rakim and Kem Y in regards to paving it you know, in terms of paving it, uh, that's a juicy question. I think that it's kind of like Kali said, in the moment, Rakimi and Ken Wai was just one of those. It was uh, They were a duo that really um, kind of, they cemented themselves very well, like you said, with Down. Um, but in contrast, I think about Alexis Fido, and you think about like Cinco Letras, El Tiburón. I mean, most recently, even like the concerts of that in Bad Bunny's album, you know, like those, those little, and I think that that's what, um, for that reason, I'm going to go with Alexis Fido. I think that artists now are kind of when they're looking back at these artists that came before them or the references in their musics, they're kind of pulling, you know, from who inspired them. And I think that in terms of long, not longevity, but in terms of who may could have inspired more of what the genre is today, I'm going to go with Alexis Fido, even though I do believe Rakibi Kenwai was almost like on a pedestal back in 2008. Yeah, they were. Yes, they definitely I could, were. Come on. Te regalo amores. Zoom, zoom. Tonta. Lloradas. Me mata. Like, me mata is another, like, That's oh, true. my God, banger. But I respect your decision. And it's good. And then as a media here, I am going to go with Alexis Ifido for that very good, compelling <laughs> argument that Ivan gives in which nowadays, if you look at where the genre is, I feel like more people would be leaned towards what Alexis and Fido have done in regards to rather than what Ricky and White have done because I think you're talking about a genre that has kind of been gone extinct, the reggaeton romantico, right? It's not, yeah, it's not the same I feel of like, what it was. I feel like, I just feel like Ricky and White, they, you know, they were on earlier and they made more of an impact than Alexis and Fido have just kind of like been skimming through but there's like like you know there's nothing to this obviously not both of them artists nothing as much as like before but i just feel like i don't know i mean obviously if you're gonna say let's see though which is fine i just don't agree with it <laughs> which is fine because it's how it is but i just think there's just more to like can why that like see though like i can you know that's just me go I ahead will, I, can I, oh. no 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 go ahead Evan. okay so i just I want to ask you guys, like, let's let's present it like this, and let's see if we can maybe uh, redirect our decisions here. If today, you know, you're like, hey, man, this new artist is coming out, Rakim Y, or hey, this new duo is coming out, Alexis Fido, who do you guys think would be more successful with their sound in today's day? Wow, I think Ivan puts it perfectly. Um, 
I think with what, with what people are liking right now, because people are, you, you see it all over Twitter, Cuddy. Everyone's all about the whole perreo, hangueo, mm-hmm. and this and that, which I'm just like, okay. And they weren't even like that back then, you know what man. I mean? So obviously, we, I, I miss that, like, more romantic reggaeton that we did, that all of us did get to listen at one point. Obviously, like you said, even now, it's like, oh, every, every girl likes it. Like, no, you don't. You just like that everybody's listening to mm-hmm. it. Like, you have no idea. That it was just it wasn't just like oh like grinding it better no it wasn't it wasn't all like that it was kind of like what like and Kawai had like they had more of like a mellow romantic side of it like you said like you know sad songs and stuff but it was still classified under reggaeton it was just a more slower so I do agree with Ivan but like other but like Ivan P said like it's just kind of like everybody thinks they know you know and they're like oh you know like all these TikToks are like Bad Bunny is like. You guys probably didn't even know his first song. You know what I mean? Right. Now that he's like out there, it's like, oh, now you guys want to do this whole this whole TikTok dance, but you have no idea. So I, I, I kind of miss the the romantic reggaeton, honestly. I agree, and I would love to come back to that topic one day. It, it would be an interesting <laughs> one to have. So um, I don't know. I, I'm still going with Alexis Fido. Rakim and Ken Y though will always have a huge, huge special place in my heart. Um, I remember when they performed uh, Mi Corazón Está Muerto on uh, the red carpet of, uh, uh, was it Premios Juventud? Um, so yeah, they'll always have a special place in my heart, but I think Alex and Fido do transcend a little bit more in what this discussion has to be. All right, ladies and gentlemen, quick round. We've kind of gone through a little bit of the details of these artists, uh, especially the ones that have advanced. Um, so this one, it should be a little bit more fast paced. It should be a little bit more, okay, this one and that one, maybe just one, one little or two at most, uh, kind of statements as to why they should advance. But here we go. First round of the bracket, which is, we're going back to the, to side A. Arcángel versus Delegato. Oof. Arcángel. Okay. Cari goes Arcángel. Ivan? Yeah, I'm going Arcángel also. Arcángel, I think I think you mentioned it too, Ivan. I think it's because Arcángel is the is, is the guy who had a lot more hits. It's it's the guy who had a lot more. I can sing to his lyrics, and the like. Jeezy was, I know him. He was in so and so songs, you know. Right, unfortunately, unfortunately, because yeah. mm-hmm. the, the guy's definitely talented. He's got flow. Oh, yeah. He's got you know, you know. But um, I mean, he's de la Jeezy, right? Like no one calls him de la ghetto. Yeah, no, he's so. de la Jeezy. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, Arcángel. Arcángel, into the next round. This one's going to be good. Daddy Yankee versus Tito El Bambino. El Patrón going against the big boss. Where, 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 do, we, where do we go in this? We go the big boss, man. We go D.Y. I, I, D-Y. I concur. Cari? Yeah, D.Y. Now, I was about to say, though, Tito Bambino had one up on Daddy Yankee at the moment when we were talking about kind of this music and genre. I think Tito Bambino kind of was up there with Daddy Yankee, and then, of course, Tito Bambino kind of fell off a little bit. I, th- I, th- I think the one that has been the most consistent out of everyone here is probably Daddy Yankee. Um, and, yeah, uh, we're, we're going to go with, with D.Y., who's going to advance into the next round. Moving on into the side B, we see Yandel. Against Alexis Infido, someone we just talked about not so long ago. Uh, who are we going with here? Cari? We're sitting on that. Hands down. Hands down. Okay. Ivan? 
Unfortunately, again, uh, with Neandel, hands down. Hands down. Not to say nothing against Alexis Fido, which we just had a whole discussion on them. But yeah, I think we've seen Neandel carry a little bit more weight on what they've done and what they continue to do to this day. And then, this is a good one. This is a really good one. Tego Calderon versus Plan B. These are two artists that have featured in songs together too, by the way. So, Ivan, where, where are you going in this one? Man, that's really tough, man. Uh, I really, 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 really want to say Plan B, but that would be just complete off of favoritism. Um, which, I mean, do we allow that or not? I don't know. That's up to you as the mediator. But um, I think I'm going to go with Tego. Um, and it kind of for similar reasons that if we had discussed, you know, the DY situation, I think we would have, you know, said DY. So for similar reasons to that, I'm going to go with Tego. Over Plan B, um, I think that also the fact that Plan B hasn't really put out music in a long time is kind of hurting them right now. They kind of got like the the Chencho and Mali separate thing yeah. going, which is cool. Don't get me wrong. Anytime I can get a verse from one of those guys, I'm all for it. But I'm gonna keep the OG Tego. Okay, alrighty, Kari. I'm gonna go Plan B. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know he, I know they haven't come out with any good. Any, any 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 new music, sorry, but just the music that they do have. When I went to a concert, I it's all the hits, and all the hits are always going to be hits, especially coming from them. So understandable, understandable. I gotta go Blonde. I'm so, to you, Ivan. here going with what Ivan said. I'm going with Teo Calderon. I I think that if you put songs next to each other, I think Tego has more hits at the time frame than Blonde does, right? Um, I think Plan B did properly well, and I think this was uh, a a big uh, kind of uh, round of applause to Peanut too for what he did in that second wave of music that really transcended Plan B in, in, into these upcoming years that we've seen them progress. Um, but I think they don't ha- they don't carry that same name as Tego Calderon does. I think if you go back and if you go into the streets of Puerto Rico. I think the person that has more respect in that aspect would probably be Teo Calderon over Plan B. And maybe even Plan B would agree to this. You know? So. <laughs> yeah, I wish we could hit him up and see what. Uh, what, what and uh, ask, and him. ask him. Yeah, maybe one day if, if we can progress with this. We yeah. can have him on and ask them. But. Uh, that would be awesome. Let's move on. And this is a good one. Semifinals of this bracket. Arcángel versus Daddy Yankee. Man, is this a hard one. This is a tough one. Because the two great artists. But I'm curious to see where you guys land on. Daddy? I'm going to go Austin, baby. Wow. Got he going with Austin, baby. Okay. <laughs> All right. Got he going with Arcángel. Ivan, where are you going? This is really tough for me, man. I think that both of these artists, I, to a certain degree, I consider, I consider them almost equivalent uh, in terms of what they've done for the reggaeton genre, how far they've come the windows and the doors they open for others. Um, but 
Um, I have to go with Daddy Yankee. And my thought process behind this is as simple as this. I think if you ask any artist, um, maybe in the second or third wave, maybe even this next wave that you talked about that we're starting to see, you know, who did you idolize? Who did you want to be like? Who did you want to replicate? Unfortunately, I don't think anybody would say, I aspire to be Arcángel. <laughs> maybe it's because he's short. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but on the contrary, you know, Daddy Yankee is like everyone's icon. Everyone aspires to be him in terms of, you know, what he's done for this genre. And I mean, it's kind of crazy to think that this guy is whoever knows how many years exactly in this game. And you look at these even to whatever, you know, for whatever it's worth, how many awards the guy racks up at every award show. He's just, it's like, the you know, you watch your artists that are hitting now to win, and they can't win because Daddy Yankee wins. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Daddy Yankee's name carries uh, so much weight now more than he did ever. But I think uh, I think being as a mediator here, I'm definitely going with D.Y. because I think um, only because uh, if Arcángel did not have that kind of, uh, gap period in where he wasn't present. Remember, there was um, there's there's a lot of you know, uh, controversial going on when Arcangel barely came back up with Pina Records and he had the whole feud with Farruko and kind of Farruko gave a little bit more insight in what his Arcangel situation was. Right, that he needed money, that he uh he was kind of in 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 a kind of tough situation and. Um, and then, you know, he had to kind of take the help from Pina. And, and I think after that, Arcángel definitely kind of, in a sense, reinvented himself and never went back and made mistakes that he had made before. So I, I, it's not to say that Daddy Aki hasn't made mistakes because he has in, in, in his time as an artist. But I, I think, like we mentioned, he's always been there. I, I, there's never been a year or two where there's no Daddy Yankee, right, in which Arcángel has missed in some time. So, for that, we're going with Daddy Yankee. Daddy Yankee, our first finalist in this bracket. <sighs> going over here, and this is going to be also a really tough one. We see Yandel versus Tego Calderon. Who is going to be our second finalist? Ivan, I'm throwing it to you. Is Tego still going to carry the weight that he's been carrying since the first round? Or do you think we see Yandel stomped him here? Man, uh, that's difficult, man. It's difficult. Um, and I think I go back and forth with the concept of like how we've been discussing this whole time, the OG and the weight then versus the guys that were OGs and are still in the game now. Um, and I think that as much as Diego Calderon did for the game, um, I'm going to go with Wisini Andel in a very uh, heartbreaking loss to Tego. So, Wisin takes it or uh, Tego? I'm going to go with Wisin, Wisin and Yandel. Kari? Wisin and Yandel. No, no questions, questions about it. Kari knows. Kari has it. And this is the final that I had anticipated in my head. Um, I just didn't think we actually would have had them in separate groups. But, hey, fate has it. And fate works in a, diff a funny way. Finalist, Daddy Yankee versus... Wisin and Jan Del. Who is the king of reggaeton in that aspect? I'm curious to hear you guys' sides. I'm curious to hear who you guys pick and as to why. Because I think uh, I think if there's 
anyone on this list that can give Daddy Yankee a run for his money, it's definitely these two. So, Kari, where are you kind of, where are you kind of going? Um, so, you know, I respect Daddy Yankee and from the very beginning of where he has set the bar high up to now. Um, I just, I, I, I'm going with Simi Undead. I think we think that I have done more, in my opinion, just because as a duo, they've been an OG duo and they still obviously have come back to recently make that album but they've also done really well separate they've also done features like they're just a very versatile and they've probably have collaborated with i I don't know i I can't even count and they're just still going and if my heart my heart says we sing on it because i i love them i know their songs i i feel more connected to them because daddy yankee obviously daddy yankee has come out with songs but they're kind of very um they're very just like a one like one hits you know, they're one hits versus with, I don't know, with just we see on there, the whole album, when you listen to the whole album, you kind of connect with the whole album. You don't connect with just one song. You connect with the whole album. That's just kind of where I'm coming from. Interesting. You know, obviously, like, you know, the hula hula hoop, I love it. I, <laughs> you know, I love the hits that, that Yankee has. But I just think we see Neander has, you know, the upper hand nowadays, just from where they started and where they are still now and what they've done individually what they've done, you know, collaboration-wise with other artists. They just impacted me throughout the years more than Daddy Yankee. That's just kind of where I'm coming from. This is so, interesting. This is a very good point that Kari makes. So, Kari, you're going with me. And then, Ivan, where is your vote going? My vote is going to D.Y., Daddy Yankee. I think that when it, I mean, when it, when you say that the word reggaeton, the first thing that pops into your head is Daddy Yankee. I think that out of all the artists that we've gone through and eliminated and and really putting kind of like it onto perspective, without Daddy Yankee, I think there is no genre today. I think that he's, he's molded it um, brilliantly. I think that he's opened doors brilliantly. I think that he's really done his part to put this genre on uh, more than just like a regional, but like really just a global. You know, I've actually always said that uh, a lot of time, a lot of times that when these artists that aren't Spanish speakers aren't in the genre of reggaeton, when they want that breakout hit, where do they go? They go to a reggaeton artist because it carries weight and reggaeton is global. And I think that the guy that's responsible for that is Daddy Yankee. Daddy Yankee, Ivan going with Daddy Yankee, Gotti going with Weezy, and then I will be the mediator here. And this is such a difficult one. Now, of course, my favorite artist, and, and my heart really goes out to Daddy Yankee, but it would be unfair for me to ignore what Weezy and Yandel have done for the genre, for the reggaeton, to put it in the map that it is today. First, I'll talk Weezy, and then, then I'll talk Daddy Yankee. Then I'll give my final decision as to who should be crowned champion in this bracket. But let me start off with Wisin and Yandel. Obviously, a, a duo that has been there kind of since the beginnings of things when this was put on the map. When this was still known as kind of that, you know, that underground music that no one should be listening to this, right? They were there. They were doing their hits. Like Gary said, you know, album after album they had, uh, you know, just banger after banger after banger in, in, in each one of those tracks. You know, they, they did stuff, like Gary said, 
that not a lot of people fathomed at the time. They were able to kind of open gates for a lot of people. They kind of opened up the gates for a lot of these artists. You're talking about Tony Dice, who, who got their start because of them. You're talking about features with uh, that, that put people on the map, like uh, Franco Gorilla, because of what he did with Wisin and Yandel and the close partnership he has with them. You know, and he was known because of them. Um, Arcangel and, uh, and, and De La Ghetto, especially too, right? They, they you know, whenever they collaborated with uh, Wisin and Yandel, also kind of put them on a bigger scale. Um, and what they did, the way they jumped into different genres when they brought on Romeo Santos from Aventura, right? It was unheard of, unprecedented. It was like, wow, this could go together. And then you had them do what not a lot of people thought was possible, and that is make their way into the English market with people like 50 Cent, with people like T-Pain, with people like Chris Brown, Right? And it was like, whoa, mm -hmm. these guys are doing something that has been unheard of, that has been unseen. And I think they carry such a big name and such a big weight. And yes, they split up and they did their thing. And now they're back together and they're still doing their things on the side. But I think it's just, when you think reggaeton, outside of Daddy Yankee, the next names have to be Wisin and Yandel, right? Because even on their own, I think the fact that the, the title Wisin and Yandel carried them, just brought so much, uh, so much attention to them, even when they went to out to do their own thing. So it's not to say that Wisin and Yandel definitely don't deserve this crown, because I think they definitely do. And now let's move over to Dy. Like you mentioned, Ivan, I, I, you, you, you kind of want to say he's in a sense a, the godfather of reggaeton because of all the titles he's won, all the music he's produced. Um, but I don't think Daddy Yankee has done what Wisin and Yandel did back in the day for reggaeton, but he is doing it now. But who's to say that those doors didn't open because of what Daddy Yankee had put out in the world? Gasolina, I think, has been stated to be the track that broke records, that broke the industry into a new light, that gave this music a, a new name for themselves. And I think after that, he goes off and he gets Snoop Dogg to do Gangster Zone, right? And so then it was like, okay, now we're collaborating with hip-hop, with, with OG hip-hop, right? And it's like, okay, Daddy Inky's doing things. But then he didn't really kind of make that wave. Yeah, he had a couple, we had a song with Akon afterwards. Um, and uh, He had that song with uh, Fergie. Um, so... It's not to say that Daddy Yankee didn't do that the way that we seen Yandel did, but I'm curious just to know as well is how much weight did that carry when we seen Yandel went to uh, T-Pain, went to 50 Cent, and they said, hey, we want to collaborate with you guys. How much was the name, uh, the, the influence of Daddy Yankee in that kind of decision for them to be like, okay, we're throwing our name in the reggaeton hat, but what is it? And I'm curious to know, maybe Daddy Yankee's name did pull some weight in it. Um, and whilst the both of you have made great arguments, um, and it's really hard because uh, as much as I look up to D.Y., I, I think Wisin and Yandel as well uh, are, are two people that I look up to very, very uh, closely too because these these three have been in the game for so long from the beginning um, and have such a respectable career and are such respectable people in, in their own sense. Um, you look at their personal lives, Daddy Yankee. 
uh, with his wife from the beginning. Since he was 16, he got shot. He, she's been there with him from from the start and to today. Uh, we've seen Adele as well with their family, with their partners, and, and the life that they live outside of the genre, outside of the music as well is something to admire. Um, and while this is probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make, um, especially recording on the microphone, I think it's tough and, and it breaks my heart to do this, but I think we're we're going to be crowning the king of reggaeton to Daddy Yankee. I think he wins it by just one margin, but um, it's not to say we and Yandel don't deserve this crown either. Um, I, I think Daddy Yankee just wins it by a little bit, but I I, I think we and Yandel are, are right there, literally right there behind. Like, I'm talking centimeters, if not uh, anything closer to that, but... I don't know what what do you guys think? Yeah, you think it's fair? I'm gonna riot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kari, you said it yourself. The uh, friendships will be lost in after this. I am gonna riot. One person protest right here, right now. But I understand why, why, and, and and you made a really good, compelling argument, and I I made it for you as well. I think Wisin Yandel definitely deserved this crown, but I think we fall back to who do you want to be like when you grow up in this industry, and I think a lot of people look to Daddy Yankee, but it's not to say that they don't look uh, to Wisin and Yandel as well, because I think if you're a young kid coming up, uh, if you get a chance to record Wisin Yandel or Daddy Yankee, I, I think. You'd be fine with all three of those options, right, uh, Ivan? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, I mean, despite me leaning for DY, there's absolutely no knock against Wisin Yandel. I think that um, everything you said summarized it very well. And, I mean, yeah, they've had a remarkable career. They've had, you know, like they've had remarkable careers as solo artists and, you know, when they split. I think that in addition, their ability and versatility to collaborate is remarkable um but yeah i mean like i said there's no it's, it's like you're saying they win by such a small margin and there's absolutely there's absolutely no knock no negative no but um i think yeah Yank is just like you said by that much more um king by just a little bit Gotti. but it would be interesting to see who has more of the bangers because Gotti made a very good point i think that yankee is a very Hit after hit after hit, while we sitting in there are albums that come out, and I want to say an eighty percent of those tracks are just songs that you could play back to back to back. You know. Yeah, I think that um, you go back to his uh, Daddy Yankee's debut album, though Bargafino. I think that that again, like you t- you think talk about the times right now. We're talking about this like reggaeton trap. Um, fusion of the genre. Initially, that's what Barrio Fino was back in the day. Yeah, you know, it was it was a very kind of like street anthem, you know, lyrically, I guess, fulfilling album that really kind of would mirror or maybe foreshadow what we're looking at now with these with these guys. Definitely, Gotti. I'm sorry that uh, Wisin and Yandel did not make the cut for champions, but uh, who's to say that maybe we don't uh, do this again in the future and have them crown themselves as champions, you know? 
I mean, they're already a crown. They are. I think. In my heart. So. <laughs> well, listen, Yandel, if you're listening to this, you have won the Cadi Award. And uh, you guys can definitely put that up next year, guys. It's Grammys. I'm a loyal. I'm a loyal fan. A loyal fan at that. <laughs> Alrighty, I think that wraps it up for our first podcast episode. I, I think this was a great discussion. Um, I, I think hopefully people really do enjoy this. Let us know if you guys did. Um, where can you guys find this over? Uh, mostly the platform we're always on, at least for me and Kari, would be Twitter. Ivan, what is the one platform, social media platform you're always on that people can find you on? Yeah, definitely Twitter as well. I mean, I think for me personally, Instagram is more just a little more scrolling than really posting. Tweeting will find me, uh, me and my thoughts there for sure. Yeah. So uh, where can where can I find you on Twitter? On Twitter, it's i underscore h underscore three. Beautiful, Gotti. Where can I find you on Twitter? Gaddy Torres underscore seven on Twitter. Gaddy underscore seven on Twitter. And you guys can find me at Ivan Pineda83 all together over on Twitter. Uh, yeah, just three friends coming along together to talk about reggaeton. First heated debate went really well, I would say. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. Leave a like, uh, leave a comment, leave a rating. Let us know. Did you guys enjoy it? Is this something you guys want, want us to talk about more? Um, if so, Maybe you guys hit us up on Twitter and have different topics that we could talk about. Uh, you know, we have ambitions for this to go very well, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. Uh, anything else you guys want to say before we wrap it all up here? Sorry, Gotti. <laughs> 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 Sorry. It's okay. It's understandable. You know, uh, our friendship is not broken. Trust me. Not for sure, but quickly, I just got to say that uh, this was lots of fun, though. I think that I find myself always, uh, you know, having this type of conversations amongst people. So it's great to do with like-minded people. No, yeah, this is great. This is fun. Um, this is always a conversation I have in my head because I don't have anyone else to talk to besides you guys. So it was nice to put it to words. Um, so this is this is great. Thank you, guys. Thank you to the listeners. And uh, we'll be seeing you guys very, very soon. Until next time, take care. Um, and as always, que viva reggaeton.